You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, animal advocate, writer, and human companion to Max A. Pooch, canine crusader for animals and environment. Max and I thank you for joining us, and we dedicate this episode as we dedicate every episode to those amazing people who work to save the lives and or improve conditions of companion, domestic, or wild animals. Today, our guest is Karen McComsey, founder and president of For the Love of Pets, which is located south of Chicago in rural LaSalle County. The mission for the Love of Pets is to provide help to pet owners who otherwise couldn't afford it via pet food, pet medicine, veterinary care, or foreclosure assistance. We will meet Karen in a moment and learn about the challenges she faces and the help she provides to pet owners in her area. But first, we need to break so the folks who help bring you Max A. Pooch's awesome animal advocates can bring you these important messages. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Join the dog ring revolution. If you love your dog and want to take them everywhere you go, now you can with Dog Ring. Dog Ring is a hands-free way to include your dog in more activities and give you the freedom to take your dog almost anywhere. It's a safe and easy way to secure your dog. It clips around trees, posts, and poles in seconds. It's lightweight, portable, and strong. It has a free-sliding leash which allows your dog to run around without getting tangled up. Perfect for parks, picnics, barbecues, camping, lounging outside, and furry fun adventures everywhere. Now you can be part of the Dog Ring Revolution. Visit thedogring.com and sign up for our Kickstarter campaign. Registration is now open. Go to thedogring.com. That's thedogring.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guest today is Karen McComsey, founder of For the Love of Pets. Hi, Karen. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, Keith. Thank you for having me. Well, that's great. You know, I I remember uh, some time ago we wrote an article, so it would be a great time to come up to date with what you're doing. But if I remember right, it was a diabetic dog that inspired the founding for the love of pets. Can you tell us when that was and what were the circumstances? I sure can. That dog is really clear in my memory. Her name was Sweetie, and she was about a five-year-old mixed dog, mixed Springer Spaniel. And an Ottawa vet, Ottawa, Illinois vet, had called me and told me that this dog was going to be euthanized at 4 p.m., and they called me at 2 p.m., and... I was frantic, so I ended up calling my sister. See, my family members are usually my first victims as far as getting them to foster pets, but uh, she was wonderful. She took Sweetie in, and we found out the reason Sweetie was tied up and abandoned at the vet was because she was diabetic. Do you think her owners couldn't afford the uh, medical care for her? You know, Keith, that's all it could be. We racked our brains trying to figure this out. I mean, she knew every command there was. She was well-trained, well-behaved. I mean, she could have taught my dog's manners. 
the only well, thing I, that we could think of is the owners could not afford the pet care. You know, that's really heartbreaking because it seems that the owners left her there in hopes that a kind soul would come by. You know, I've yeah, been told sometimes, you know, when people relinquish their pets to kill shelters, they mistakenly think because their pet is being relinquished, it won't be euthanized. Are they right in thinking that or will the pet no. be euthanized? No, pets are often euthanized. No kill shelter does not mean they do not kill dogs. If you take a dog in, and this happened to a very good friend of mine named Wendy who lived in Iowa, she had like two days notice that she had to leave the place where she was staying, and they could not find a home for the dog in two days. She took it to a shelter, local shelter, that had promised her, oh yeah, we'll find a home for this dog, things will be wonderful. So Wendy relinquished the dog, signed away her rights, and she kept checking their website, expecting to see her dog up there ready for adoption. A week later, she finally called the shelter and said, you know, I haven't seen my dog. What's going on? Her dog was euthanized the same day. It well, was what, too terrified. What's the reason behind that? Well, they can deem a dog unadoptable if they're crowded. They do temperament testing. And if a dog is, and this has got to stop, they temperament test the dog the first day when it comes in. When it's hurt, it's scared out of its mind. It doesn't understand what's going on. And it's going to present itself as a fearful, timid dog or an aggressive dog. And in reality, this dog is probably neither one, as was the case with my girlfriend, Wendy. Uh, it was probably just scared out of its wits. That's exactly the case. And they looked at this dog cowering in the back corner, and they said, nope, this dog will not adjust. We won't find anyone to adopt this dog. Therefore, it has to be euthanized. And it's heartbreaking. For the Love of Pets is also a licensed animal rescue shelter. How does that support your mission? Didn't Streeter have, or doesn't it have an animal shelter? No, Streeter does not have an animal shelter at all. Thankfully, there are two close-by shelters. Well, actually, three. One's not so close. There's Ivar, Illinois Valley Animal Rescue. There's Pet Project. And then there's Safe Haven. And Safe Haven, I believe it's called, Animal Rescue in Mendota. When animals come into Streeter Pound, it's too cost prohibitive for people to do private adoptions because they have to pay the veterinary fees, and they just can't afford that. So the dogs, therefore, go to one of the three shelters that are local, and I got licensed as a shelter for the specific reason of being able to help the, Streeter, the city of Streeter Pound. Well, you know, you talk about fees and people don't realize even the fee they pay to adopt a dog from a shelter doesn't even begin to cover the, the vet costs and the other costs associated. You know, that's what I've heard anyway. Is that true? That's absolutely true. The Department of Agriculture did something wonderful for dogs on one hand, but on the other, it's really not a good situation. Now, anybody who adopts out a dog, any shelter rescue, city pound, they have got to have this dog spay-neutered, microchipped, and up-to-date on its shots. And that runs upward of $300. Wow. So that the $90 I paid to adopt Max A. Pooch paid for less than a third of what probably his costs were. That's exactly the case. And that's not even accounting. Okay, every shelter has its bills. We have electric. There is heating bills. There's food, there's general pet care, there's, you know, paying people to manage the shelters, to do the cleaning, to be there for adoption events. There's a lot of cost that goes into sheltering animals. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. And of course, uh, the animal food and then some paid staff and everything else. 
And it must be quite a challenge with you in a rural area with the limited resources to be able to do what you do. How have you been able to increase the number or have you been able to increase the number of animals from Streeter that haven't been euthanized? Oh, absolutely. With every emergency veterinary care that we are able to pay for, that's one less animal that has to be euthanized. With every pet that we're able to bring pet food to or to connect with the spay-neuter shelter, to connect with training, these are all ways that we jump in that we're able to stop an animal that would be euthanized. You know, speaking of um, spay-neuter, is there a program in in, uh, LaSalle County or Streeter, a spay-neuter program? Not in Streeter, no, although we're trying to bring that to pass. That's a plan that I'm working on now. In Marseilles, there is no animal left behind, and they just do a wonderful job with spay-neutering. It must be a challenge because I'm sure, or maybe not so, but so many rural areas, the culture still is to let animals run loose without being spayed, neutered, and that just creates a high percentage of unwanted puppies and kittens that even though the population is relatively low, it's a much higher population of those kittens and puppies. Is that right? that That there is. That's absolutely a huge part of the problem. And are there any education programs going on down there to help people understand how to break this cycle of death? No, not that I'm aware of, although for love of pets, we'll be starting a program in Ottawa, and that should be starting in September. Now, Ottawa is a neighboring city of Streeter? Yes, it is. It's a neighboring city of Streeter, and it's one of the largest, aside from LaSalle, Peru. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about the program you're going to start as far as spay-neuter is concerned? Well, we want to start up, and this will be a while yet, we want to start up a low-cost vaccination spay-neuter, like uh, No Animal Left Behind does, which is why I've been doing volunteer work for them off and on to learn what they do. They're a wonderful group of people, and they've been awesome about answering questions and training me as far as what to do and what to get done. Well, that's good. So you're you're building up, and what kind of education do you uh, plan on doing, online or meeting with people? Well, as far as training online, actually, I use your radio program for that. You have a lot of good links to trainers to give wonderful tips. And others that I see that are training animals that, you know, they come across as really good. I think I'd like to work with these people. I'll post them on my page for people to have access to. Well, that's really innovative. And I thank you for using our program. I remember the incredible Dr. Poe from National Geographic Wild. That was one of his big efforts earlier this year that uh, he wanted to make people aware of uh, spay neuter. And and he was particularly aware of it because he's in a rural area. And uh, as a veterinarian, he just sees all these animals that nobody wants. And it really, for somebody who really loves animals, it's really heart rendering. Yeah, it can keep you awake at night, you know. I never know when I'm going to find the next animal because I live in a really rural area. I'm the only home on my road. I never know when I'm going to find the next dog, box of kittens, the next animal just jump at the end of my driveway in the road. Really? That happens that frequently? Yes, it does. And usually the animals are either, they're either ill and they need to see a vet and the people who own them can't afford it. Or they're animals that people get as puppies and they're these cute little things and they just love them to death. Six months later, they become these huge monsters that climb on the counters and jump on the table and take food out of the baby's hands. And they're uncontrollable because they haven't been trained.
Yeah, you know, it's just amazing how many dogs might never be turned in or relinquished if their owners understood how important as puppies it was to train them before they got big. That's exactly it. That's a major, major problem. Karen, we need to take a break so we can hear from the folks who help bring us Max Pooch's awesome animal advocates. And uh, please make sure, everyone, you stay with us, because when we return, Karen will share with us what she is doing to help the pets of financially distressed humans. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Your dog digs a hole under your fence, and the next thing you know... Protect your pets with Dig Defense, the amazing new product that keeps your pets in the yard. Dig Defense is safe, fast, and easy. Each unit is made from 4-gauge galvanized American steel and can be used for repairing digouts, filling gaps, or to hold fences down so pets can't get under them. Dig Defense provides peace of mind that your pets are contained humanely and safely. Visit digdefense.com today. D-I-G-D-E-F-E-N-C-E.com. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. You can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Keith Sanderson, your host, welcoming you back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates and our guest, Karen Pecumsey, who is one of Max A. Pooch's favorite awesome animal advocates. Karen, you said your original goal was to help those with pets who are financially distressed, who might be going through foreclosure or evicted. Can you give us some examples of what you're doing or a case where you've helped? Well, a case that that is an absolute favorite because I made the mistake of becoming personally involved was a dog named Dolly. She was a gorgeous Australian Shepherd, and she was 11 years old, 10 to 11. We were never sure of her age. And she came with a cat named Parker that was her pet. He was 13 years old, or he is, well, now he's 15. Dolly, unfortunately, is no longer with us due to health issues. She passed on in March, but her and Parker, if they had gone into a shelter, classic example, no one is out there looking for a 10-year-old dog with possible health issues 
who owns a 13-year-old cat. No one is going to adopt that. I can believe that. It's tough enough to get a senior cat or a senior dog adopted without uh, having a partner. That's exactly it. It's really, really rough. So we've got a program that we're just in the starting stages of, and thankfully we've been helped by the Petco Foundation. We are, one of the things that we do is we have to vet the animal when someone is in a foreclosure situation, because obviously if you're losing your home, you do not have money for vet care. So they have to, again, be up-to-date on their shots. They have to be microchipped. They have to be stay-neutered. All of this needs to be done before they go to a foster home or to boarding. And it gets really expensive, but if I have people who I could tell just from talking to them, they're determined to get back on their feet and they want their animals back, I will work with them. I'll do everything it takes to keep their animals safe until they can get on their feet. I hadn't thought about that. You know, I, I realize that sometimes when you have to move, maybe where you're going won't take an animal. You know, sometimes things may be temporary, and and uh, if you're really attached to your companion animal and you don't want to lose them forever, and that really seems like a good idea what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's difficult because there's really no grants out there, uh, aside from the Petco Foundation, that cover foreclosure situations, or at least none I've been able to find. So I have to count on donations from friends and family, myself, my money that comes out of my pocket, donations from wonderful people out there that care about animals. You know, but each animal, each foreclosure animal runs anywhere from 1500 and it could go upwards to 5000 depending on how long it takes and the people's situation. Wow. Hey, if I were in a situation where maybe my house was underwater and, and I couldn't pay the mortgage or I couldn't pay the rent because I lost a job and knew that, you know, sometime in the next month or two, I was going to be uh, evicted or lose my home and I was really concerned for my pets, what should I be doing? Well, the first thing that you should be doing is making sure that your animal has the vet care it's needs. Make sure that it's up to date on the shots. Make sure that it's stayed and neutered because you may have to find a foster. That'd be the ideal situation. Friends, relatives, cousins, second cousins, your neighbor down the street. Do anything you can to guarantee a safe home for that pet. You know, that makes sense because given a little time, you might be able to find someone who says, yeah, I'll watch them for a month or two or three. But if it's like you hadn't looked, it's a pretty good chance that in a rush situation, you're not going to find anyone. That's exactly it. And most people, you know, they're so depressed and they're so confused and horrified over losing their home. They get very depressed. They feel like personal failures. And their dogs are a part of their family. I mean, can you imagine leaving and just not taking your dog? I mean, I can't. Where I go, my dogs go. Fact, they are my children. The majority of people have this mindset, so it never really occurs to them until I've had people call me on the day that they're moving their stuff out of the house into storage saying, what am I going to do with my dogs? Never crossed their mind that they couldn't take their dogs. Wow, that really, you know, it sounds like how could you be so naive, but I can really understand that because you have probably kids to worry about, spouse to worry about, uh, packing, saving your own belongings, all those kind of things. And quite frankly, sometimes, I don't know about in rural areas, but I know in big urban areas that if you're evicted uh, by the sheriff's department, they literally just come and take everything right out of your house and uh, put it on the street. So that can be really traumatic. 
Exactly, and that's what they do. I have a friend that uh, she recently started up, and it's called iCare, Illinois Chow and Adoption Records. She specializes in chow. She's a rescue. But she had a similar situation where she lost her home. And this lady, I have so much respect for her. She's the one who taught me that a lot of times foreclosure is like divorce. There's a stigma involved there. When you lose your home, you lose a lot of friends. And she literally went knocking on strangers' doors, okay, and said, look, this is who I am. This is my dog. Will you keep him for two, three days a week? Anything. She did everything that was humanly possible to keep her pet while her and her husband got on their feet, which they did. And not only did this lady get on her feet, she started her own rescue because of what happened to her. I just really feel for people when I hear stories like that. It just, yeah, in this day and age, tell me something. You know, they say the economy is getting better. Are you finding uh, fewer cases of people you need to help or is the uh, load about the same or what's happening? No, actually, I'm finding more and I'm debating with myself. I don't know if it's just because I've been doing a lot of research into the subject that I'm finding more or if there really are more that are occurring. I recently went to, to start a foreclosure program, I recently went to LaSalle County Courthouse, and I researched. When people are losing their homes, they go through what's called Liz Pendants, which is the first notification that, hey, you're going to lose your home. And I, I sent out letters. There was quite a few. I sent out letters, over 300 letters, because I can't tell, obviously, from the paperwork who has pets and who does not. So I sent out 300 mailings introducing us and stating, look, this is what we do. We can help you if you have pets. Will you please contact us? And we've had 42 responses. 42? Yes. Wow. And that's, that's just bone-chilling number. It really is. And, you know, I, I congratulate you. That's What you're doing is really innovative. I don't think I've heard of it, any other organization doing that. I mean, going and doing the hard research and then doing the uh, campaign to find out if the people need help. Talk about reaching out. That is uh, really a good story. And I hope that we get lots of people listening so they can share with others. Speaking of sharing, two things I want to ask you. I've heard stories of people who do leave their animals behind. What happens to those animals? Oh, that's just horrific. In a really good situation, we have neighbors that are aware of the problem. And they will keep feeding and keep getting water to these animals. They'll notify the authorities, but here's the situation. The sheriff's department cannot go into a home without the consent of the owners. Even the bank can't give them consent. It has to come from the owners, whoever's name is on the mortgage. And these people are gone. We have no way to track them. So, a lot so of what happens? I mean, do you starving. just leave the dog to starve to death or die yes, of thirst? They, yes, they do. And thankfully, there's a lot of people that... They will go where angels fear to tread, to quote a term, and they will just find a way into the house and remove the pet. And oh, good I've for them. To, oh, they're wonderful. I've spoken to quite a few of these angels. I just adore them. <laughs> they uh, have speaking no of angels, if there's any angels out there, and I'm sure there's lots of them, if they want to help uh, your organization, what can they do? Oh, there's lots of ways they can help. They can contact me about volunteering. They don't have to live locally. They could do research work for me from wherever they live. If they can even turn on a computer, they can help us. There are people out there that can foster. And since our foreclosure program is nationwide, you contact me if you live in Alaska because I may have a case there. 
It's just there's tons of ways that you can help. And where can they get more information? The best place is to our Facebook page, and that is at facebook.com. Then you do a backslash love of pets. And our emblem is a red heart with a paw print and a footprint, and it says for the love of pets, so we're easy to locate. Okay, Facebook, love of pets. Remember that, everyone, and uh, you don't remember you don't have to live in Illinois to be of help. And Karen, I ask each of my guests this question. With all the human misery and suffering in the world, how can you justify spending time, money, and other resources advocating for animals? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is they have no voice. They really have no voice. We have to step forward. We have to be the voice for them. Personally, for myself, I like my dogs and cats better than 90% of the humans out there. <laughs> we get along great, probably because they can't talk back, honestly. <laughs> but they always show love and loyalty, which is essential in my world. But there's a lot of groups. There's so many good people out there. They're out there. They're helping children. They're helping the homeless. They're helping the elderly. And my niche has always been animals because that's where God directed me. I grew up loving animals. I was raised by a mom, a single mom, taking care of four kids. She took in every stray that she found. <laughs> and that's wow, you certainly are your mother's daughter then. That I am, you know, and there's good people for every cause out there. Again, Karen, for listeners who want to help or become more involved, where can they get additional information? Is there an email address they can contact they you can, at? Certainly, they can email me at for the love of pets at Ymail, and that is also on our Facebook page. We also have a web page that I'm working on. So if there's any really good people out there that know how to do web design, feel free to contact me because I'm sure I'm doing terrible. But that is ftlop.org, just the first initial up for the love of pets, all the words. You know, and donations and sponsors. I'm Right now I'm looking for corporate sponsors. And again, you do not have to live in Illinois or LaSalle County. I would love to have a sponsor or two in every state there is. Well, let's hope you get them, and uh, I hope we can be of help in uh, getting you uh, additional volunteers and sponsors and donations. And uh, I really want to thank you, Karen, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It helps tremendously. You've been a great guest, and I think people have learned some things they may not have been aware, and some really valuable things when it comes not only to animals, but to humans also, and the heartbreak that happens when we go through hard times and we're separated from our companion animals. And we want to thank you, our listeners, for spending your valuable time with us. You're all fantastic, and we hope you tell your friends about Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. And thanks again to Karen for being with us today, and a special thanks to Mark Winter, co-founder and executive producer of Pet Life Radio, and our sponsors for making this episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates possible. I'm Keith Sanderson, host and creator of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, saying thank you to all those animal advocates who work so hard on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.